This is CliffCentral.com. We haven't had this this proper throwback in a while. The original, original Donna Summer. The original, original. Are you calling me not the original? Anthea, how dare I? How dare I? Excuse me for that, for not recognizing your greatness. How was your weekend, Anthea? Um, it was pretty good. Kind of disappeared very quickly. Strat sessions work. Uh-huh. Actually, I haven't had a weekend, have I? Oh, gee. So no sporting events. Oh, no, the usual little swim, a little run. No big races, though. Yeah. So just keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah. And but keeping uh, tabs of the market because, I mean, we yeah, trust of course. you too. Yeah, Absolutely. Of course. That's what we do. So let's get straight into it. What's the latest in the markets this morning? Um, so Asia's down again this morning. This is just following on from last week's negativity. It's not great. You know, the market's a little bit nervous. We had a good end of the week, but the entire week wasn't that great. So locally, we started with CPI inflation. Um, slap bang in the middle of the Saab's target range again at 4.5% year on year, driven really by food and non-alcoholic beverages, housing and utilities. Utilities obviously was always going to be, um, an inflation driver because of ESCOM, um, and what they're doing. And then transport was up. So actually it feels like this, even though inflation's well contained and it really is at 4.5%, the issue is that it's hitting where you can't avoid it, you know, you can't avoid utilities, you can't avoid transport, housing, um, and food and non-alcoholic beverages. It really is the core of everybody's basic life. Um, <laughs> yes, alcoholic beverages are non yeah. non-alcoholic beverages. <laughs> no, never yeah, mind. never mind. <laughs> I didn't say my life. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the. Big news is this ESCOM getting another bailout. And How much is this bailout? 59 billion rand. Can you actually believe that? In two tranches granted, but for, like, I almost can't even get my head around how much money yeah. 59 billion rand is. When I, when I read the story, I read it as million and I was okay with that. And then when I saw it was actually billion, I was completely thrown. Like how? How do you quantify 59 how billion? How can you need rand? that much? Yeah, so Anthea, how do they justify something yeah. like this? How do they justify that? Of Well, uh, they don't have to justify their bailout. But how do you get to a figure as big as this? Honestly, I don't know. Mm. Um so I guess they sat down with the finance minister and said, look, this is what we need to turn this business around. Or actually, I'm not sure it's even to turn the business around. I think it's just to literally keep the lights on, mm. um, just to, to keep going, to pay salaries, to keep the plants going, to uh, like clearly sure. they're not collecting um, money. Right. So we all know that um, they've got outstanding debtors who owe them also kind of billion. So I believe the figure is 35 billion rand in total that, that ESCOM is owed from municipalities. Um, so, yeah, so that's a big one. But yeah, the, I think the business is just badly run. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't have to say that. I'm stating the obvious, right? Mm. And the downshot from this, unfortunately, is that Fitch... Uh, rating agency came back and said, we'll keep your credit rating South Africa the same 
sub-investment grade at double B plus, but we're now downgrading your outlook from stable to negative. And what that means, in my view, in my opinion, is that Fitch is actually getting ready to downgrade us further into sub-investment grade. Oh, no. If this happens, I cannot see how Moody's can possibly keep us at investment grade. I mean, I think Moody's kind of have been ready to downgrade us but not wanting to, like almost giving us a stay of execution for ages now. Um, but if everybody else keeps downgrading us and our debt keeps escalating, government debt that is, keeps escalating, then there's just, it's, it's not sustainable. I they, mean, the f- they can't make excuses for us. Exactly. It's not like, oh, it's a matter of time, let's wait and see. No, they've mm. given us chances. More than enough. Yeah, they'll have to just, we'll right. have to face the music. We, we are going to have to at some stage. I mean, and the RAND is showing this. Eh? Last week, the RAND was trading below 14 to the US dollar. And after kind of, there were two things that drove the RAND, strangely enough, Turkey. I'll explain that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then this ESCOM bailout and then Fitch coming and saying, well, actually, you know, we're, we're downgrading your outlook. Um, so the RAND is now 14.30 to the US dollar. So a nice 30 cents jump in mm. a couple of days. Actually, it was actually a couple of minutes practically, but mm. that's another story. So can I tell you quickly what happened in Turkey? I mean, mm-hmm. it's strange to talk about Turkey in relation to the RAND, but Last week, Turkey cut its interest rate by 2.25%, I think it was, or something ridiculous, from previous repo rate of, let me get this right, um, from 24%. So, like, where our repo rate is 6.5%, theirs is 24%. Mm. I mean, that's scary, right? And the reason they have such high interest rates is because, if you'll remember, at the uh, second, uh, third or fourth quarter of last year, the president put his son-in-law in as the finance minister, and he then cut. He he raised interest rates dramatically um, to quell or to fight inflation, which Erdogan, the then president or still president, said was very evil. <laughs> so evil. High in, high wow. inflation was very evil. Now we know high inflation is not great. I don't want to pay more for everything every day, right? Absolutely. Mm. But. He called it evil. Um, and, and, and how this relates to the RAND is that when foreign investors look at emerging markets, they actually just look at us as a whole almost. And they will sell, if they want to get out of emerging markets, they will sell the most liquid assets first. And guess what? The RAND happens to be one of the more liquid currencies. Mm. And so, of course, they sell it and our RAND blows out. Um, because there are no other uh, parallels to Turkey, right? Like a president putting in a favored son-in-law, raising interest rates, interfering with the Reserve Bank. Get that where I'm, must be bad nice. policy. See where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. That <laughs> must just be nice. Sit around the breakfast table. Hey, son, what what are you up to these days? Fancy yourself a new position? Or how's about, hey, son, would you like to come and meet me in Saxon World? And then maybe I'll promote you to son being... In inverted commas, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, this is very close to home now. <laughs> so it very is close, close to close home. To home. Eh? The yes. parallels are definitely there. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some company news as well. Right. Um, so we're not, in South Africa, we're not really hugely reporting at the moment. The Americans' big uh, earnings season reporting. So we've had a couple of companies reporting. Anglo-American Platinum released 
Very good set of results um, for the first half of the year and management expected to be even better in the second half of the year. Um, and then Anglo-American reported stellar 45% headline earnings percent, um, headline earnings per share increase. So really looking very good. And what it is there, um, commodities, precious metals have really just been phenomenal, had a phenomenal run. And the great thing about these mining companies is that they've actually taken advantage of it to up their, to, to strengthen their balance sheet, to up their corporate cash holdings, to pay out nice dividends, um, and not to spend too much on CapEx. So I'm quite enjoying this little run we're having in the commodity sector at the moment. So some good news. <laughs> Um, how Got long it will last? See that good news <laughs> <laughs> for as long as it lasts. We'll find good news anywhere at this point. Exactly. And then AECI also reported, but they reported a 20% fall in headline earnings per share. They're the um, explosives company, basically. So they make explosives mostly for mining, you know, for kind of deep level or, or um, shallow mining. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a great set of results there. They did do some acquisitions. And I actually spoke to the CEO on Wednesday, and he was saying that even though the environment is quite tough, they're quite comfortable in the fact that a lot of their revenue is generated offshore. So obviously offshore because they're an explosives company that supplies to mining companies in places where there is mining. So Australia. <laughs> yes. Did I say it in the obvious? Yeah, yes, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> In places where there's mining, yes. <laughs> Obviously so, right? Australia, South America, a little bit in Europe. So, yeah. Well, um, falling 20%, that's quite a that – w- that makes quite a bang. Oh, no, Sia. You're Thank dynamite you. today. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> that is a, we are excusing ourselves soon. We, are, we need to shut off the mics. Um, what's happening with Facebook? Facebook. Yeah. Facebook got handed the biggest ever fine for data privacy breaches of five billion dollars. What 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 is five billion to Facebook? Dollars. Well, yeah. so actually, you, good question you ask. Um, because at their last results, they had actually said they'd ring fenced between three and five billion dollars for this. They knew this fine was coming, right? Uh-huh. Now, for a company to say. We're ring fencing between three and five billion. I'm like, there's a two billion in between that. Two mm. billion is a lot of money. That's like a big margin of error. Yeah. <laughs> and it, as you say, it seems to be nothing. No, but I think it's, it's, it's significant. Uh, it is definitely significant, but not unexpected. So kind of, I'd say it was in the price, really. Mm. Yeah. And then, well, they'd brace for it. I think maybe even the mere fact that they announced it that, oh yeah, this is how much we're setting aside. Yeah. Go, okay, yeah, actually they, we they, can. Companies are quite good like that. They generally do, except SAA and this Com Air disaster. But that <laughs> they're quite happy to tell the analysts what to look for in the financials going forward. Okay. You know, so if they had given, if they had not told us, and then later on we got the surprise, this this share would have plummeted. 20, 30%. Oh, so I never thought of it that mm, way. So, okay. so, so the CEOs, the, the management of companies are actually really good at, um, guiding us, if you like, just so that we know not to shock horror, knee-jerk reaction when the news does come out. So mm. It's, it's, it's a fairly interesting relationship between analysts, fund managers and company, listed company management, um, 
you know, we're always trying to, well, I don't because I don't write reports, <laughs> so I don't care. Um, but you'll see the cells, what we call the cell side analysts tend not to be overly critical of management. Um, because they put out reports and they want access to management. So imagine you were the CEO of Facebook. Imagine you were Zach. Yeah. And the analyst was being mean or horrid to you. You'd be like, I don't want to talk to that guy. Don't let him on my premises. So you lose that interaction. Well, I hope this will also be a wake up call for big companies like this. You know, if it's the biggest ever at five billion, that's a lot on the line. So they have to now be more responsible when it comes to our data. It's an interesting question. Like how, I mean, the, how do you quantify it? Like my, what's my data worth to you, to somebody else? Um, and how do you put five billion? Is it like not 10 billion or 50 billion or mm. 1 billion or who cares? Like everybody's got my data anyway. So True. yeah, I, I find this very difficult to quantify or justify or explain. Yeah, we're all just trying to navigate the space. So I guess, mm. let's see. Who knows? Five billion might actually turn out to not be a lot. Exactly. In future, to, yeah, there you go. When it comes I mean, to we what had lots of other. It. We had lots of the other IT uh, tech companies reporting as well. Alphabet was up almost ten percent. Twitter was up nine percent. Amazon, unfortunately, was down. And so you can guess who reported better than the others, right? Obviously, Google parent Alphabet did very well. And Twitter did okay, um, mostly up for the adverts that they're putting out. And then the last thing, here was that US GDP came out on Friday, increased at an annual 2.1 percent in the second quarter, um, which was higher than the expected 1.8%. Hmm. So I thought that would have been positive news, which is why I'm kind of surprised that Asia's down this morning. Hmm. But what it does do is set us up quite nicely for a rate cut this week by the U.S. Federal Reserve, which means that our Reserve Bank kind of has room to play and maybe give us another rate cut, she said, hopefully, uh, in a couple of months. She crosses fingers, <laughs> knocks on wood, exactly. looks for four-leaf four clover, something. <laughs> it's interesting, actually. Um, Ali has sent us a message on the Facebook notes, says that Facebook brought in about $5 billion last quarter. Oh, no, $45 billion last quarter, he corrects himself and says, actually doesn't make a dent to them at all. $50 billion would have been more like it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like How it. do you quantify it? Yeah, call, call. Carl also adds in and says five billion US dollars is about one month's revenue for Facebook. So, okay, <laughs> putting it in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> How do you quantify it? Well, thank you, Anthea. Thanks, thank guys. You. Have a good week. Likewise, have an awesome week. This is CliffCentral.com.